Hello and welcome to this first edition of Fintech Vegan. Every Wednesday, usually at 12 noon in the UK, myself, Tim Tyler, Chris Papakonassi and the occasional guest take 30 minutes on LinkedIn Live to kick back, have a coffee and talk all things Fintech. For those of you not able to catch us on LinkedIn, we're now available in audio-only form on your go-to podcast platform. In this, our first edition, we talk about the clash of the titans, the business versus technology. So feel free to express your view and use the hashtag FintechPeaker. Mm. Hello, it's uh, lunchtime on a Friday. Welcome to Fika with Finestra. Firstly, this is not a webinar. Fika is Swedish. It means to take a break, have a coffee, and perhaps a, a slice of cake. I say that in a bit of a lower tone because I don't think I'll be uh, joining you in a slice of cake today. My name is Tim Tyler and I'm a Global Industry Principal for Corporate Banking here at Finestra. And taking a break with me is Christopher Papathanasi, or Chris Paps if you're a bit short on time. Chris is our hey. Global Solution Lead for Lending. Hey Chris. Hey Tim, how's it going? Hi everybody. Um, Chris and I are going to be having a FICA each week, normally on Wednesdays at 12 noon UK, and we'll be choosing a new topic each week. We're hoping that this will help fill the gap that we're certainly feeling, and I'm sure a lot of you are feeling in terms of what we're not getting from being at live events and having some of those conversations outside of the main seminars and the plenaries that we all attend. And feel free to join in the conversation either below in LinkedIn Live, or if you feel strongly about a topic, then contact us directly and we'll look to have you as a guest on a future FICA. And I think with that, let's make a start. Let's grab our coffee, our tea, and we'll start the conversation. And it's a conversation that we really want to have along the lines of a, a talk radio show, I think, but uh, perhaps not quite with the same level of politics involved. Um, Tim, I, I, know you, I know you don't want the politics, but I think the, um, the topic of the day is, is, is somewhat political. Right. We're talking a little bit about like how to align business and technology or our observation of, of the alignment between business and technology and banks. So um, good luck. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, but perhaps, you know, we, we've named it Clash of the Titans today. Um, perhaps that is a little bit reflective of how we see sometimes the, the competing forces at play within banks between the business and the business owners and the the technology teams and how they perhaps have different drivers. And certainly I've witnessed recently where, uh, you know, the entire process of looking for a solution is being led by the technology team. And I think the business are feeling a, a little bit put out by that. I don't know if you've come across that in your experience, Chris, when you're out there talking with banks as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's 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 a mixed bag, really. I mean, we 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 see that you know the the business driving. You know, in some cases, there's a lot of pressure on the IT teams actually from from business, um, because I think you know um, technology is advancing really fast. I think there's a lot of pressure from from you know we're talking corporate banking here, right? The corporate customer, um, you know, around like the services you know that they're provided and and, and improving those. There's regulatory pressures and things of that nature. So there's a lot of um, 
I think, you know, opportunities that we see or discussions we have around, you know, the business really sort of driving the need for change and, and putting pressure on technology. And, and you know, the question we there see, then have to ask ourselves is, or what technology have to ask themselves is, how do we, how do we, um, how do we support the demand, right, in a timely fashion? Um, but then, you know, on, on the other side of it, you have you have the technology guys um, and teams who who have tech, you know, a technology strategy for the bank and and a, and a driving change. Um, and sometimes you don't often see see the two aligned. I think at a very high level, you know, we we see alignment. But but when you get into to to, to sort of lower levels and the detail, um, you know, that's where things can deviate. <laughs> Hey, and I, I think to your point, you know, I think PSD2 has been a great example in recent times of, sort of like regulatory pressure forcing technical change that sometimes the business perhaps is either reticent to adopt or can't see the benefit of. I mean, certainly in conversations I've had with a number of corporate banks around Europe and albeit PSD2 is a European-led uh, process it's certainly been pushing corporate banks on a wider basis sometimes the business is saying hang on why do we want to open up the bank you know open banking and all the concepts behind it and you know we've just uh, done a survey ourselves on this you know why do we want to open up the data and our processes externally and more than that, who's going to pay for it? So you've got the regulatory pressure, the tech team saying, right, this now forms part of our technical debt. And perhaps the business pushing back a little bit, going, whoa, slow down just a little bit. Um, you know, it's our budget ultimately that's going to pay for it. And I think there's a lot of technical debt challenges that banks are going through. It's, uh, I think, sometimes a bit hard for them to keep their heads above water with um, when you look at their overall infrastructure that we see across the environment. And you know, I, I see that across every region that we deal with. Okay, <laughs> interesting times where we've been dealing more virtually with these different regions rather than talking uh, actually in person, face-to-face -face with the banks. But still, you know, that push for digitalization that they've had over the last year, I'm not sure, again, whether that's been business if that's a business pull or a technical push if you get what um, i mean yeah i am um, just picking up on what you said there right psd2 as an example or, or open banking in general right and and you know maybe the business or, or you know representatives in the bank basically saying do we do we actually want this does this does this actually make sense for us and one of the things that i always like to to raise when we look at like like you say, we do surveys and we, we engage with the market, um, you know, around like, you know, the challenges faced is, um, you know, the, the mindset, right, and human nature of things. And and we we definitely don't like change, right? Um, and I often, you know, have to ask the question why. I think the question why is, is a really powerful question to ask because it allows you to kind of uh, you know unpick and unpick and unpick and, and you often find that, that the answer is because that's the way we've always done things or you know this is you know this is just the way it, it needs to be um so i think there is there is a lot of kind of adversity to to change and uh, i don't know if you've seen the film have you seen the film moneyball did you ever watch the film Moneyball with Brad Pitt, baseball film? I mean, I thought that was brilliant. You know, you can you can you can kind of see how this this you know 
this plays out in the banking industry where you've got like a, a small baseball club who basically, you know, they can't compete with the bigger clubs. They don't have the money. And so they have to be, you know, really quite creative around how they how they put their team together. Um, and cutting a long story short, they come up with this new model, right? It's like a data-driven model around how to select players. And, and it's just uproar internally because everyone's kind of, you know, they're pushing back basically saying, we don't, you know, we, we're experts. We know what we're doing. You know, this is the way we've always done it. Just leave it to us, you know? And I, I, do, kind of, I do see that, you know, in a lot of the cases, right? When we talk about, you know, change. As it's you, you mentioning the, the film uh, as an analogy there. You know, it, the, the first thing that leapt to my mind actually was sort of like perhaps the business asking for something and the technology team being Jack Nicholson and saying, you want the truth, you can't handle the truth. You know, it's because sometimes I think what stems from a perhaps a simple request from the business, you know, what on the face of it seems quite a simple process flow or workflow or business demand from the clients. When you start having to engineer that from within the innards of the bank, particularly if you've got a mix of legacy platforms that aren't necessarily as open as they could be, mm. actually the engineering effort and the complexity and actually the risk of change, the business perhaps don't quite see. And so there's always going to be that conflict as well, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's also about the, the magnitude of change. And, you know, the, I think, I think, again, it goes back to sort of, you know, looking at this at a very high level, I think everybody, you know, um, within the, the industry, right, understands that there, there is a need for change. And, you know, again, we're talking sort of business and technology here, right, you know, at the highest level. Um, you know, I think there's alignment in the need right but i think that then it comes down to the question of, of the reality and what can actually be achieved and how to how to how to change um you know uh, and keep up with with the change right um you know as 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 things progress and um you know let's take for example libor transition um you know that's you know it's a hot topic at the moment and and you know this is driving a major need for change but you know, there, there are deadlines imposed. And, and the question you have to ask yourself is, do we use this as an opportunity to transform, um, you know, uh, or, or do we sort of take a tactical approach to, to change? And, and I think because of, you know, the legacies, you know, the infrastructure you talked about, right, um, you know, and the, the actual magnitude of change that's often needed, there's a question of, okay, you know, what, you know, do we do, you know, do we implement the str str strategic view or approach or do we implement the tactical because if i do implement something strategic it's going to be a long time before i can change again um you know so so it makes the decision really hard um so yeah I, you know I, I was thinking the other day actually that um you know i think we often talk about uh you know a, a cto isn't going to get fired for maintaining the status quo. So mm -hmm. the, for keeping what you've got available, running, compliance is, you know, ticks all the boxes. And where the risk lies is doing that transform, you know, that uh, a complete uplifting of under the hood uh, for what the business actually needs. But then you've also got that ticking time bomb that you know, at a certain point in the future, 
what you have isn't going to be fit for purpose. Um, but then there's, you know, that, that risk dynamic of, you know, the business want to survive with what they've got, you know, don't fix if it ain't broke sort of uh, scenario. And how far into the future do you look? It's, I, I, I think what we've seen over the last year is that whilst people have talked about the move to digitalization and sort of like the rush to self-serve and be able to cope, you know, we've got to t turn all these analog processes into digital processes where data flows. People have rushed to sort of like um, uh, put mastic into the, the right gaps to see them through yeah do you think it's about time the business and technology actually came together and took a more holistic view that said look actually we shouldn't worry about today so much and in fact if we're not prepping for tomorrow we're probably too late what do we think we're going to need in three years time five years time and what do we need to do across our estate to be ready for that uh -huh. I mean, yes, I, I do. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I, to some degree, I think that does happen, right? You know, it goes back to, I think, you know, there's alignment at a high level. I think it's just the ground reality of, of how to actually achieve it. Because you've got, you know, you've got a business to run, you've got, you know, you know, a, a service to provide, right? Um, a, as a bank. And again, back to another analogy. Um, I heard a great analogy uh, from uh, the head of, of, of corporate banking at a UK bank. I went to, I was participating in an event and um, they, um, they basically said, look, you know, we understand the need for change, but we kind of, we, we have two, two kind of schools of thought. And the one is, you know, remember the first car that you had that was, you know, really cheap, did the job, you know, got you from A to B, but was dying a death. And you had to make the decision around like, do I invest in a new car or do I just keep this one alive? Right. And, and quite often you, you, you opt for, for, for keeping it alive, right. Because you still, you know, you, you need to get from A to B and, and, you know, you've got to, you've got to save the money for the new car and, 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 and how far do you go and, and so on and so forth. And, and I, and I think, you know, his conclusion was we have to start, you know, really taking, you know, the buying of the new car seriously and, and stop, you know, investing just to keep keep this thing alive but you know the re ground reality is you do have to keep you know what you have alive because you still have a business to serve and the question is is it you know how impactful is that transformation going to be and what can you actually do right given that I, I'm, know, I'm, I'm smiling Chris. budget constraints yeah yeah I, I'm smiling because the car analogy is absolutely me at the moment so <laughs> you know I'm a very proud driver of what is now a 22 year old Land Rover Defender yeah. Um, you know, a brilliant vehicle, but it's getting to that point where it's costing me a lot to keep yeah. it on the road. You know, I had to replace a third of the chassis last year to get it through the MOT. Um, conversely, Land Rover have now launched their new Defender, which, yeah, great. I'd love a new Defender. The closest I've got to so far is I've built a Lego version, which you can see over my shoulder at the moment. Um, but it is that, you know, there's that willingness to change, cost to change. I think perhaps with a car, it's a little bit simpler because, you know, on day one, when you go live in your new car, you should just hopefully be able to get into it and off yeah. you go and drive it. But conversely, you could argue if you're waiting for delivery of that car, mm. all of a sudden 
uh, the manufacturer's supply chains are up in arms at the moment. Are you going to get the car when you think you're going to get it? So you could still actually be delayed and, in quotes, not go live at the time that you're expecting. Um, I don't know if there's anybody that's listening to this speaker at the moment who has, you know, similar challenges where they are. Feel yeah. free to comment. You know, it's I think it's a big problem is, um, you know, people are ripe to change. People almost see, I think, not storm clouds brewing, but, you know, there's a pressure change where, Perhaps people are more open to want to change. On the flip side, they've got to be cautious around short-term revenues and how they're going to affect what they want to do. And is there the investment appetite? Mm. But you need to be ready for three years' time, I think. Yeah, I mean, and and this is you know this is why you know you 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 read you know annual reports of you know various different banks and you listen to to what's being put out there right it's it's very clear that the change needs to happen i think it's it's just you know the 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 hard decisions that need to be made as to kind of how that change happens and and i think one of the biggest you know um, questions that banks need to banks need to answer is is how do we how do we how do we change um for the future of change (laughs) in that you know we want to make sure that we are that banks are, are, are able to to adapt to you know how things are evolving over time, and so it's not just you know changing for for what what we need to change for now, but it's it's actually preparing for the future, right? And um, and so I just I, I think the decisions you know that need to be made are, are, are difficult ones, right? Um, but, but certainly they need to, you know. And, and, and you know I think that technology journey I, we're talking about you know part of this is the risk to go live and the risk of change um i actually sat and watched the last or the, the last 20 minutes of the uh the mars landing last night on youtube mm. the first thought that went through my mind was this is remarkable we're getting it live streamed on youtube and then i thought hang on a second that you know that's just a very thin veneer as to what's actually been achieved. When you think of the distance that that's gone, the landing process has gone through, and then it actually arrives where they wanted it to, on that planet, and opens up and sends an image through. And I'm I'm sure there's some conspiracy theorists' hearts that were racing about, are we going to see a little creature there looking at the camera? Um, But, you know, (laughs) the the team watching that at... um, I presume is the JPL headquarters. Um, you know the the emotion they went through when it all worked, and I mm. think back to some of the projects I've been involved with where you go live. Um, you know th- they were at the point of no return. They had no coming back. They would have had another five year journey if that had gone wrong. Um, so you know, are we over egging the challenge, or you know? Whereabouts on that scale of um, easy to Mars lunar lander do we think uh, the problems that banks technology teams face sit? <laughs> a difficult question, I guess, and I'm wondering whether uh, anybody else has a view as to, you know, are we over-egging the challenge or actually is it a lot harder than the business thinks? I mean, look, I, I think it. I think it goes back to, like you said, you know, 
banks have built up a lot of technical debt. You know, there's, you know, the the infrastructure, the, the landscape of, of, of solutions that serve the business are vast. And it is, you know, it, it is, uh, you know, quite, you know, daunting, right? You know, when you think about like the level of change that, that needs to take place. So you are, you are almost, you know, to use that analogy, right? Having to, to, to do the, you know, unthinkable and, and get, you know, get, get something to land on Mars. But, um, but it does need to happen because, you know, there's a question of, of, of how to change and, you know, trying to align around what the right strategy is and, and kicking the can down the road. But, you know, the other question is, what if we don't change? Right. Because again, you know, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, there, there are new, new players in the market. You've got the fintechs, you've got the digital first banks that are coming in and, 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 and challenging the status quo. Um, and so, you know, for, for me, it's, you know, that's probably one of the bigger questions that needs to be answered is, is what, what, what happens if, if we don't change? Um, and, and how do we kind of, how do we kind of progressively transform you know, into something that can compete um, whilst whilst maintaining, you know, the existing business. So do you think at the moment that part of what banks have got to be thinking about from their technology landscape isn't so much the specifics of, from a business perspective, what they've got to change into? Perhaps it's being in a state of readiness for a wider ecosystem. So, you know, this whole new collaboration, you mentioned fintechs there and fintechs chipping away at banks around the edges, you know, is actually the answer for banks that, okay, don't just think about how you can process this all yourselves, build this all yourselves. Perhaps it's more opening up a little bit and collaborating in a wider um, ecosystem type approach. Well, yeah, exactly. I think the the question is, do I do I try to do I try to compete or do I or do I partner? Um, and you know, I think I think the the, the partnership, you know, the, the way technology is going is it's making it much easier to to partner, right? Um, and you know, why reinvent the wheel? Um, you know, there's no there's the, the, you know you you may have had to because of you know. Uh, once upon a time because of the limitations of, of technology but but today there's 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 not really a need so you know if you can collaborate i think that opens up you know a world of opportunity um, and that possibly then helps you know with the challenge of how do i you know how do i go through a complete transformation right but still you know compete you know with with all the the the, the new services and, and technology that, that that's out there and so maybe that's the that's the happy medium. So so following your analogy about a wheel, perhaps the answer is to not rebuild the wheel by somebody else's wheel, but choose which tires you want. You know, it's uh, being able to accessorize. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, it's it's you know have have a core which is standard, and be able to customize the bits around it. It's like. You know, when you buy a car, you'll take a core car, but, you know, you'll perhaps choose the colour, you'll choose the wheels you want, you'll choose what trim levels you want. You know, all those options are to change are there, so it's something very bespoke for you. But underneath all of that, you're driving something which is a global standard piece of kit 
which is a lot easier to service, a lot easier to maintain, has better resell type um, value. So perhaps that's the answer to look at how you can extend a core and build and customize around the edges. Yeah, and you know, just going trying to get back to the kind of the theme right of today, business technology. I'm I'm sure these are the conversations that are being had, right? And it's you know understanding or coming to an agreement as to whether that's the right way to go and whether you know that type of change is the change that that the industry wants or or whether we think you know that is the the change that it's is going to be. Um, and again, you know, you get back to the human nature of things. And am I comfortable with with that? Am I comfortable, you know, transitioning into, you know, something that doesn't look like, you know, what, what I am today? Well, I'm, I'm just picking up uh, a, a, some of the comments. So thank you for those that are commenting in the stream. Traditional banks are creating smaller entities which are completely digital. And I think that's something we're seeing more of that actually don't try and transform the big Goliath, spawn mm -hmm. off a new child, which you build from the outset with the right technology for the future. And I think, you know, we've seen that a lot more, I think over the last few years in retail with sort of like the challenger banks coming along. I think corporate banking and corporate banking is SMEs all the way up to MNCs and NGOs, et cetera. I think that's now the new sort of like, not battleground, but it's the front line of innovation and change that I think we'll see more and more um, challenger banks coming into. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see how we think the future is going to look and what sort of um, ecosystems banks start building and contributing to. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I, I yeah, I'm, I, I completely agree. I think, um, I think we have, you know, where it's interesting times now. I think, uh, and again, one one thing I say a lot is that you know, with the t technology that's available to us, we can start to reimagine and rethink the way business is done as a whole. Um, a lot of the processes we see today are vastly driven from, you know, technology that was available at a point in time. And so the shape of things could could look very, very different. And, uh, um, you know, we've had discussions before about the, you know, the types of players that might emerge. Right. And so you could see yourself as uh, as, as moving into you know, the direction as a bank of, of just offering products, you know, and, and somebody else sits in front and has a client relationship. You may be that player that actually amalgamates a number of services and, and puts them in front of the customer or, or, or something that's, that's somewhat in between. Um, but, but, but the, the way the business is done, you know, there's opportunity and scope for it to change quite, quite dramatically. Um, I think that aligns really well with, um, what we published last year, I think it was around, particularly in corporate banks, but I, I see it on a wider basis as well, of falling into three primary categories of being a, um, a, a product provider and focusing on a particular product at scale, being a relationship builder and data-driven insights to drive, you know, that customer engagement or being a platform player and building out the ecosystem. And I think we're seeing a lot of drive towards that ecosystem. In fact, I think next week we're going to spend our FICA talking about um, networks and ecosystems, aren't we, Chris? Yeah, we are. And I, and I do think um, we, we are, it's, this is probably a good time to wrap up, actually. Um, you know, I know this is meant to be be, be short and sweet, and um, we, we will be posting um, the link for next week's session um, on LinkedIn. 
So if if um, if you guys, whoever's listening out there live, have enjoyed what you've heard or or not, and want to participate, then you can um, please do get in touch with us, and we will um, we will uh, we'll, we'll organise it. We we really want to like have these informal chats. We want to keep it really really sort of casual. That's why we've called it Fika. And Tim, I'm I'm quite disappointed you didn't have a bit of cake. Yeah, yeah, my waistline isn't disappointing, you can, Chris. You can, so. you can make an exception. <laughs> um, but yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, and uh, like we said, please do do shout if you want to if you want to participate next time. And there we go, our first episode of fintech Fika. And as Chris said, if you do feel strongly about a particular fintech topic, look us up on LinkedIn and let us know. Thanks for taking the time out, and we hope you can join us for a coffee next time.